This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Along with Julie Weisenhorn from the University of Minnesota. Uh, yeah, along with good the abiders, morning. The abiders, too. We can't forget <laughs> the abiders. I don't know who should get top billing, the abiders or the, uh, the university. Oh, okay, we'll yeah. make sure of that. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, Julie, Julie's back with us. If you have any kind of a lawn or garden question, she is the person you want to chat with or send a text to. Uh, and that, let me give you the numbers first. 651, the folks are calling in, as you can see, Julie, already. 651-989-9226. Uh, or send Julie a text, and they've already done that, too. 81807. Early risers. What's going on with you these days? Holy moly. Well, the weather change has been a relief. Yeah, Good grief. Sure. Man, it was hot out there. <laughs> it really was. Yeah, I was out uh, visiting my plots for uh, the pollinators for food. I'm working with some great master gardeners in that and also the flowers for pollinators. And it was a, it was a sweat fest, <laughs> to be honest. And, uh, and so I was really glad when it, we got a change in the weather and... What about? I think I saw a video. Did you do a video about uh, about Japanese beetles in your yard? Yes, I posted it this morning. Boy, you you're right on top of things, uh, man. I tell you, gotta do that. <laughs> yeah, mine. Uh, <clears throat> I'm gonna say this. I hope no Japanese beetles are listening, but um, they're gone from my yard. <laughs> How did you manage that? I don't know. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not sure. I asked. Uh, I asked Jeff Hahn, our entomologist. He said, "Well, it could be that your garden is just boring them." And they've moved on to greener pastures. I'm like, what? Boring. I like that Yay. line. Gone to greener pastures. I like and then I thought my first inclination was somebody nearby hung a beetle bag somewhere. Oh, you think? And they headed for the pheromones. And that's something you but don't recommend, right? Well, yeah. we don't recommend it because it's not very effective. And um, it, it tends attract to attract more. more to your yard. So, um, and then, uh, then I've been spraying my grapes and primarily they were attacking my grapevines, but, um, I've been spraying it with neem oil, which is simply makes the leaves less, uh, delectable to the, to the beetles. But I don't think that was it. Mm. I don't think they all went, ew, this doesn't taste good anymore because that's, you know, they're pretty much generalists and, and I found very few. So shh. Don't, oh, don't, don't, don't let them know that. Speaking of delectable, you brought in <laughs> some pickles. Yes. Yes, Kathy Goodfellow, my buddy and I, 16 years of pickling together. So you guys they get, are to the, so good. get a piece of the bounty. We, uh, I think we canned 100 and some jars. I think burgers are insane. in order. Grilling burgers tonight <laughs> for sure. Thank you, by the way. You're very that. welcome. All right. Now let's put you back to work. Ken and Blaine is first up here with a question. Go ahead, Ken. Yes. Uh, good morning. Uh, good morning. I have trump. I have trumpet vines. Um, I have one that's blooming profusely, and then I have other ones that are coming up. Um, I think I actually planted more than one because I was uh, waiting for the first one to actually start doing something, and it took like four or five years before it started blooming. Sure. Is there a way of transplanting them to a different location? Uh, um, you know, I wouldn't transplant the one that's blooming, but the other ones that right. are coming up, I might want to do that. 
you you can try digging them up if if you've just planted them. Uh, you should be able to get most of the roots. Um, you might still find some that that pop up. They're pretty prolific plants, as you know, and you can probably take a cutting off of that or a piece of the, you know, even if you don't get the whole plant out of there, you'll still get enough that you can start it somewhere else. Okay. Thank you, Ken. Good luck with that. Yep. Good luck. That's Ken. a great plant for hummingbirds. Oh, is it really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, it's perfect shape. That. Pop their little bills right in there. About Beaks. that. Not bills, beaks. Ka- Catherine <laughs> is calling from Lakeville. Catherine, you're on with Julie. Hello. Good I have morning. a question on cucumbers, please. Okay. Okey. I have cucumbers in a pot that were just beautiful vines with loads of blossoms. Suddenly they got yellow and brown spots on the leaves from the root end out. Then the whole vine droops and wilts and is gone. What happened? Well, it, it, boy, my first inclination would be a stem boring insect. Uh, that and you would find you could look at the base of the plant and see if it kind of collapsed, and uh, you would f- if you cut it open you would find a, a big caterpillar type or you know a grub inside of the, your your plant that's basically eating away at the inside of your vine, and uh, they're in a container but you, they can still the adults can still come and lay their eggs inside of that uh, vine. Okay, that's my guess. They're Texture says this. I didn't know you were through or not. A texture says, wondering if it is still okay to prune my juniper bushes this weekend. If it's too late, when is another good time other than winter? Um, well, yeah, you probably still could. Uh, you're getting kind of close to fall. And the reason we recommend easing off on pruning of particularly woody shrubs is because they will, wherever you cut, they'll, the plant will be prompted to put out new growth at that point. And that new growth may not harden off uh, quickly. It takes some time, may not harden off uh, by the time we get colder weather and uh, could potentially be killed. So you might get some browning from that new growth. But I think you could probably still still do it. Um, uh, but I would do it this weekend just to be on the safe side. Okay. Back to the phones. Joy is calling from Roseville. Joy, you're on CCO with Julie. Hi, uh, Hi. I have the hibiscus, both the kind that stay in the garden and the ones that you bring in. Sure. And I've had a lot of luck with them blooming lately. And uh, when the flower is done, you've got that little cup-like thing that... Right. Should I be cutting that off up against the the stem? You, It, it will actually fall off on its own. Oh, no, um, I've got some that oh, do you? hanging on that one plant for over a year. I thought they were going to turn into oh, some Oh, my goodness. Yeah, you can you can cut them off. That's fine. Okay. Yep, no Very problem good. there. Thank you, Joy. Uh, Sandy's calling from Glenwood with a question. Go ahead, Sandy. Hi, um, I just bought a small four-inch delphinium, and it said online that I should not plant it now at all, and I'm just wondering when the best time I could do that. Uh, where did you find it online where it said that? Was it on just um, a random just website? Just regular, not the extension website. Okay. I, okay. Yeah. I, uh, you could plant it still, yes. Um, they prob- I don't know why they would have said that the, that in July you couldn't plant it, um, but you can plant it still. You, you, you don't want to plant perennials really late in the season, um, but we're talking like you know end of September or so. Um, because they don't get established well enough before we get into the colder weather. So so now is still fine. Okay. Go ahead. Texter says, what type of fertilizer can I use on a purple hydrangea, and where would I get it? A 
purple hydrangea. So maybe it's a twist and shout, uh, which is a purple color. Um, a lot of some of the hydrangeas require uh, aluminum sulfate, or they require uh, a, an acid-loving plant um, or a fertilizer that's specific for the purple hydrangeas. And it, and basically, it's it's adding. Uh, uh, elements to the soil that create that blue. In fact, the aluminum in aluminum sulfate creates that blue color that people enjoy with the endless summer hydrangea, for example. You can buy all of that at any garden center. So you could go to you know your local garden center. You could go to a big box store if you if you have one near you, um, or a home store, and uh, and uh, you can find that there. It's pretty pretty straightforward. So you're looking for acid loving plant fertilizer. Or aluminum sulfate. You don't okay. need both. We have and to take follow a break. the instructions. We have to take a break, but before we do, I know you mentioned to me the abiders. You guys are playing yeah. outdoors. Woohoo! The last time we were supposed to play outdoors was July twelfth, that night of the big storm. So uh, it was also blisteringly hot. So looks we're pretty good glad. for this Thursday. Looks great for Thursday. Where now? We are going to be in the Harbor District in Mound. Uh, we are playing for the West Tonka Rotary fundraiser. Uh, in and uh, they are sponsoring us for the music in the park series. Oh. So we start at seven p.m. We play till about nine, I think, till it gets dark and we can't see anymore. <laughs> but uh, uh, at any rate, it's free. It's great for kids. They're gonna be selling brats. There's a uh, the Lost Lake Creamery is right nearby. You can pick up some some awesome ice cream. You can ride your bikes in All on right. the bike trail that comes from Wyzetta. This Thursday. This Thursday, yeah, August second. Early enough for even me. Well, yeah, we talked about that. <laughs> All right. Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah, you could be the MC. Okay. <laughs> Feed me brats. Get you sure. up and sing in a song. <laughs> oh, yeah. Look out. All right, we have to take a break. But I want to mention that uh, the, every week we thank our friends at By the Yard Patio Furniture for sponsoring this show. And we'll talk more about that great furniture coming up. Right now, a few clouds. CCO Temp, 65. And welcome back to our Smart Garden Show. Denny Long here with Julie Weisenhorn from the University of Minnesota. And you know what we haven't done yet is mention the website. Hey, the, okay. Turn help. on my mic. That'll help. Uh, yeah, the website. So the, as you've noticed, the website is going through some major changes, big facelift. And, uh, and our communication staff is working like the Dickens to get all that content up. You'll notice that the content has been reformatted, too, to make it easier to find your information mm. and quicker um, it's got kind of a brighter look. Um, I'm excited about it. I think it looks pretty cool. We're working on a lot more how-to guides to help people, like quick checklists, you know, for what to do for winter. That's on my to-do list this week. And uh, to post that up there so that, you know, uh, you know, I should be doing this, I should be doing that, I should be watering my evergreens, et cetera. So, yeah, so that site is still at extension.umn.edu. Uh, and this, uh, you can just go to that site and cl- click on Yard and Garden, uh, or you can just go to Yard hyphen and hyphen Garden. Okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll mention that again. Yeah, too. you can Google it too. You know, you can find it there too. All right, let's go back to the phones, Julie. Uh, let's see who's been waiting. Uh, Cindy is calling from Princeton with a uh, question. Go ahead, Cindy. Yeah. Um, hi. Thanks for taking my call. You bet. Um, we live in Princeton on two and a quarter acre, and about an eight, more than an acre is poison ivy Ugh. and black locust and Ugh. 50 foot tall pines. And Ooh, if we could nice. get rid of the poison ivy, we've tried Roundup poison ivy, and, uh, you know, that's spraying one at a time, and there's way yeah. too much to take that on. We just read an article about goats, and uh, <laughs> yep. if, 
if that works, or I know they like to grow in sand, can you add black dirt? Um, the, the point is, if we can get rid of the poison ivy, we can get at those 40 black locusts also. Sure. How do we, how do we tackle this oh, man. problem? That's a hard one because you can't burn poison ivy because the, the smoke will have that, that um, uh, oil in it. Mm. You can breathe it in. It's very serious if you do that. Um, and, in fact, I think my mom, that happened to my mom back uh, way, way back when. Wow. <laughs> when she was in uh, college, she was taking out some poison ivy on her property in Rochester, and I think she got she wound up in the hospital. So you can't burn it. Um, a, a brush killer is uh, one way to kill it. It sounds like you've tried that with the Roundup for poison ivy. Um, there might be something a little bit more... Um, uh, volatile <laughs> that you could try what i would what i would do is i would actually bite the bullet and i'd call in a pro on this one uh contact one of the um lawn care or uh large property you know uh, uh, somebody up there who specializes in naturalized areas and dealing with poison ivy uh and and tell them your story and see what they can do to come out there cuz they're going to have access to certain Things that you may not. They'll also take into consideration those fabulous pine trees because you don't want to do anything to harm those. And they might be able to take care of those locusts as well. So, um, yeah, I am so sorry for you. Um, poison ivy is actually a native plant. It's a, Aside from the dermatitis that it causes, it's really a very nice plant. It has great fall color. No kidding. Um, and um, I don't know about the goats if they eat poison ivy. I'm not sure if it affects them or not. You know, dogs can run through poison ivy, no problem, and then we get it from them. Um, but uh, it can it can be a real real headache, and I'm I'm really sorry that a whole acre of it is poison ivy. That's really something. But um, I'd call a pro on this one. Okay. So, good luck, Cindy. Yeah, good luck. I'm sorry I don't have a better answer for you. Ron in uh, New Brighton is next up on the CCO. Ron, you're on the CCO with Julie. Hello, I got a question about uh, tomatoes. I moved them this year because of blight, and I put a newspaper under them, and I got the blight anyway. And right now I've got them trimmed about two feet up to get rid of the uh, blighted branches. Okay. And I'm wondering, is there any treatment for it? And secondly, uh, it's they're over five feet tall, approaching six. Should sure. I be trimming them off the top? Well, you have uh, indeterminate vines or indeterminate plants. Indeterminate plants are plants that will produce pretty much throughout the season. And, um, and so you can be collecting and harvesting tomatoes over a long period of time. And they do grow to these immense lengths. Uh, determinate vines are more, uh, they produce more within about a couple of weeks, maybe two, three weeks. They're better for if you're going to can because then you can actually collect your harvest all at one time for the most part or all within a period. But they are also shorter, more compact Plants. They don't get to these immense lengths. You can trim them back. Uh, you would want to selectively trim them back so that you're not pruning. You're pruning off as little fruit as possible. Uh, as far as the blight goes, once you see the results uh, or the the uh, symptoms of blight, the yellowing leaves, the dropping, the spots, it's too late to do anything. There's nothing you can do about it. And your rotation is correct. You want to be rotating those plants. Uh, that's true of any of the nightshade plants, peppers. Potatoes, tomatoes, they all are susceptible to a lot of the same diseases and can propagate those throughout the year. Um, but And you're correct to mulch them at the bottom. That's That was great. 
but uh, you may want to choose a different type of uh, tomato and look for a disease-resistant tomato. Um, that is uh, probably that's the first place to start whenever you're selecting tomatoes. If you've got a problem with septoria leaf spot or one of the, spot or one of the blights, you want to choose something that's resistant to it. Okay. And water at the base of the plant, not overhead. Very so good. You're not splashing it up on the leaves. We need to take a break. We have another half hour of the show to go. 651-989-9226. Text is 807. We'll get that forecast straight ahead here on CCO. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Hey, good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show, sponsored every Saturday by our friends at By the Yard. Thank Patty you very much. Yes, good folks. Uh, we have good folks on the line, yes. Julie Weisenhorn, and uh, text that you Heaps, can see. Hippo Texas. What do we have, 50 text. texts, 100? I don't know. <laughs> Let's go to the phones for have folks who have been uh, waiting. Uh, Linda in Little Falls. Linda, good morning. What's your question, please? Good morning. Good morning. We have morning glories, and last year what we did, we have a trellis from both sides, and last year we did the morning glories um, with seeds only, and they grew very, very well, but neither side flowered. So this year what we did is we planted seeds on one side, and then we bought a plant from a nursery that was already flowering on the other. So as it grew, now we don't have any flowers at all, <laughs> either from the one that we bought or the one that we planted the seeds. Uh, how's the light? Is it sunny? Oh, very well. Okay. Yeah. Um, yep. We have uh, both, you know, like sun, I guess, mm-hmm. through the whole time. Mm-hmm. And what? And what kind? Of, what time of year did you plant these seeds and plants? Oh. Um, the seeds, oh, it was right in the beginning of spring. Okay. When, yeah. Hmm. Um, it, it, they may still bloom. I know that I've got one that's grown in my yard and it just started blooming. Um, and I bought it as a plant and planted it recently. Um, I, you know, I'm a bit stumped on this one. I'm not really sure why you wouldn't be getting any flowers when it was already flowering. Um, Hmm. That's a. I. I don't have an answer for you. Hmm. Sorry, Linda. <laughs> well, I don't know. I'd yeah. maybe try some different plants. <laughs> yeah. um, morning glories are great, well, but you know, I wonder. Hmm. Yeah. Well, it happened last year too. Yeah. With seeds on both sides. So we thought, well, the seeds weren't really good. So that's what we tried, and it was like, you know, the one was a large plant that was flowering. Sure. sure. And. Yeah. Well, now I'm really curious about this. Mm. I'm going to have to do some research. <laughs> because as you know, Julie, once in a while, we have smart listeners all yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah. Oh, may yeah. Be Anybody who listeners. knows, you know, go ahead and text in. That'd be great. Yeah. All right. 81807. Yeah, we'll, about that, Linda. Yeah, stay tuned, Linda. Uh, Linda yeah, we maybe might, we'll get uh, some help from uh, our listeners. Yeah. All right. Kevin is calling in from Wasika, I do believe. Kevin, thanks for waiting. What is your question? Oh, very good morning to you. My good morning. Point, my issue is this. Um we have a, a mature maple tree in our yard, probably 20, 25 years old, fully grown. Uh, this year, the tree leafed out, as usual. But then the 1st of July or so, we noticed it gradually changed some colors. And on a daily basis, it got to be a, a darker brown. The leaves got darker brown until right now, as we speak. It's almost like polished, a real dark brown. 
except for maybe a couple branches a little green. The leaves haven't fallen off. Uh, wondering, is this tree dead? Is it dying or what could be going on? Well, it sounds like it's under some stress. And the stress uh, can be related to how it was originally planted. Uh, uh, we, I just did this with my maple tree, and I could have a show about this myself. But uh, a lot of trees are planted too deeply when uh, back in the 80s and 90s and before. And uh, it could be that it has some issues with girdling roots. Uh, if you can't see the root flare, uh, the point at which the, the major roots flare out from the base of the trunk, then your plant is probably planted too deeply. And uh, it would. Uh, the other thing might be that it's under stress from heat. Uh, from if it's planted in a lawn, it could be under stress from competition uh, with grasses as well as compacted soil. There's a number of different reasons for maple stress, and because it's a major tree in your house, I'm I, I, or in your yard, I would recommend that you contact a certified arborist. You can find those at a lot of your local tree care professionals have certified arborists on staff. If you don't know of one, you can go to the um, uh, International Society of Arboriculture website, and they have a link there for find a certified arborist. And I would have somebody come in and take a look at it. Uh, it could be mul- it's usually not just one thing; it's usually multiple things going on. So have uh, have someone come take a look at it. It's a good investment. Uh, because the tree adds property value, it also is certainly something that you enjoy. I don't know if you can bring it back just by doing something to it, uh, unburying the roots or watering it more. It may be too far gone, but that's what an arborist can advise on. Yep. Good idea. Good luck, Kevin. Texter, we have many of these. Oh, I have yeah. uh, butternut squash in my garden, tons of flowers, not one female flower. What's going on? Uh, sometimes that happens. <laughs> sometimes uh, the seeds that you get are primarily uh, have male flowers on them, uh, and it's uh, the I know the seed uh, folks. You know that it's a genetic uh, deal. I think um, so. You know, better luck next year, I guess. Uh, and uh, sorry, I don't have a, a more positive response to that. Uh, to another tomato plant question, Julie. Leaves at the bottom and about halfway up on the tomato plants are dead or dying. Tomato is only growing on top part of plants. Why? Well, that's that's similar to the previous caller who called about the blight, is that your plant has contracted blight or it might be a, a leaf spot disease, dropped its leaves at the base, um, and the tomatoes are just growing near the top at this point because there's no branches at the bottom. And so there's nothing you can do about it now. Uh, next year, choose a variety of tomato that's disease-resistant. Be sure to move that plant, move your tomatoes around. If you're going to grow them in a container, put in fresh soil, wash the container, make sure you start with a clean, uh, a clean slate there. Earlier in the part of the show, you were talking about a, a plant that was perfect for hummingbirds. Somebody wants oh, to know what that is. Oh, that's a trumpet vine. Trumpet vine. Trumpet vine. Okay. Another texture says, our grass is not uh, dry but has brown spots that began to appear a month ago and are spreading across the lawn. What do you think could cause this? There are a number of reasons for brown spot. There's different uh, spot diseases on turf. If you have a dog or your neighbor has a dog or your neighbors are walking their dog past and you're getting brown spots, that could be a two. Uh, you could have some grub issues. Uh, the best thing to do is to uh, look on the uh, Extension website at extension.umn.edu. Go to Yard and Garden and uh, go to our lawn care section. And uh, if you want to send in photos, too, you can go to Ask Extension. 
and email in up to three photos and uh, send us an email and, and Master Gardeners will get right on that. Another question about the three numbers on fertilizers. Uh, which one helps the blooms? That's the middle one. That's the phosphorus. That's okay. the bloom buster one. All right. Uh, let's go back to the phones, Julie. Uh, Sharon is calling from Eden Prairie, I believe. Sharon, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Julie, I'm so excited. <laughs> on my butterfly bush, I've got two black and yellow. Nice. Nice. Now, is that going to be the butterfly? Well, hopefully, yeah, if something doesn't eat it. Um, sometimes they get pecked off by a bird or uh, an animal. But, um, yeah, hopefully it will form a uh, chrysalis and evolve into a butterfly. It might be a swallowtail butterfly as well. They look fairly, they look kind of similar. We've had a lot of reports of many monarchs Yes, I know. We were out in the display garden on Tuesday with our gopher adventurers, our kids' day camp, and the butterflies were all over. So we were excited about that. Very good. Uh, John is calling from New Germany with the question. Go ahead, John. Hi. Hi. Uh, question. I've got the, some wild cucumbers that tend to want to grow in my evergreens, and I've tried pulling them in the past, and they just keep coming back. I'm wondering, is it safe to spray them uh, lightly with Roundup in an evergreen? Yeah, I think if you can find the um, – you need to find the uh, – base of that plant. those The wild cucumber vine is a native vine in Minnesota, but it's really a nuisance. And, uh, and it will just cover your trees, as you probably have found out. So try to trace back to the base of that plant, cut it down, and then, and then spray the base of that plant with Roundup or with a, a, an herbicide, okay. broadleaf herbicide. Texas says, Julie, what could be removing our hibiscus buds? It's like they were cut off from the stems. Every morning there are several by each plant laying on the deck? Well, it could be. Um, I know that we have that problem with sunflowers, uh, with dwarf sunflowers in my flowers for pollinators garden, and it's actually a weevil, a little black uh, insect. It has kind of a long snout. Think of Gonzo on the Muppets, <laughs> <laughs> though he wasn't a weevil, I don't think. And we're not sure what he was, but um, they will slice that off. There's also beetles that will do that as well. So you just need to find the culprit in action. Um, and I'm not sure what you can do about it at this point, so unless you identify the past first. Okay. We need to take a quick break, but we'll be right back with more Smart Garden Show here on CCO. In the Twin Cities, temperature reading currently is 65. We're heading for 80. Hey, good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show. Denny Long here with Julie Weisenhorn from the U of M and the Abiders as well, <laughs> who are playing again. August 2nd, this coming Thursday at uh, the Harbor District in Mound. August already. Yeah, wow. I, I know. Yeah, it's wow. creepy. Then State it's Fair like, time. Oh, yeah, I'll be at yeah. the State Fair with you again this yes, year. Yes, indeed. That's coming up. We'll talk more about that. I always that. like that. It is fun, isn't it? Is it is fun. It's kind of different to do the show in front of people. Indeed it is. All right, let's see who's been waiting. Carol is calling from Wyoming, Minnesota with a question. Carol, go ahead, please. Hi, hi, Julie. Hello. Um, I, you probably heard this question many, 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 <laughs> many times about quack grass. Okay. What do you, I've been battling it, not battling it, but trying to, you know, but it just spreads every year more and more. Okay. Um, I know it's a weak lawn, you know. Yeah, it, you're exactly right. It's it's the lawn needs to be. Uh, I would I'd suggest that this fall, what you do is you aerate, 
and you uh, treat for broadleaf weeds, which wouldn't be the quack grass, but any other weeds, make sure that you're uh, getting rid of those. And then um, also uh, top seed, overseed, uh, as we get into uh, the cooler weather so that you're beefing up your lawn as best you can. And then in the spring, treat for the uh, quack grass before it emerges. Okay, that's the process. Yeah, that's the process. And if you have further questions, if you want a little bit more detail, you can always go to Ask Extension on our website at extension.umn.edu. And you can send in a question, and we can probably get you a little bit more detail than that. Okay. Thank you, Carol. Uh, Ed is calling from Fridley with a question. Go ahead, Ed. Yes, I have a raspberry patch. Okay. And last fall, I thinned them out, took out the old cane so that I, you know, I'd ate to 12 inches between canes. Sure. Um, and the things look good this spring, but every uh, I got a mass of new growth and have taken over the patch, and it's just a solid mass now of new growth. I question, my question is, will that new growth bear fruit this fall? Uh these are, but I think that's I think that's the new growth for next year. Okay. So if they're the big, are they the big long green canes that kind of arch over and? Well, now they're pretty straight, yes. Okay. But there is a, it's just solid mass. I can't walk through there anymore. Okay. Um, yeah, it's probably. I'm guessing that that's going to be your uh, your canes for next year. And that if you remove those, you'll be you just want to be selective so that you're removing you know enough that you can get through your patch to collect and harvest, but that those are going to be what bears fruit next year. All right, Ed, thanks for the call. It depends on the type of raspberry too, and you may not know what it is. It, it, you know, um, but we do have a great publication on raspberries, and that's on our fruit section of our extension site, which is really and, changed. Yeah, which is really and changed, changing, but. But take a look at that because that's got terrific detail information about managing raspberries. What's the website again, Julie? Extension.umn.edu and go to Yard and Garden and then just scroll down and and go down to Fruits under Find Plants. Okay. Texter says, many of the leaves on my astilbia brown. This has happened at two different properties with two different varieties. What's the cause and how can I prevent it in the future? I'm thinking that they're in too much sun that that the sun has actually burned and dried out the plant too much, and so that's caused those leaves to brown. Um, I would think uh, that you'd want to put those in a little bit of a part shade environment, maybe some dappled dappled shade under a tree, uh, and then be sure that they're watered well and that the soil is draining well too. That's another thing too is if the soil is compacted underneath or very clay, uh, they're not going to drain very well, and you could cause some root rot, which ultimately could cause some death on the leaves. Okay, uh, let's see. I suspect a peony borer found wa- uh, white shavings on a leaf below a trim stem and with a hole in the end. How do I treat to fix that? I don't think that's a borer, a stem borer. Um, you may have a stem nesting bee that has uh, delved into that stem. They kick out that pith. It's the center of that stem. And then they lay... Uh, a number of eggs inside of the uh, the peony and compartments, and those are uh, native bees that emerge next year. So don't do anything with it. Don't cut it down. Just leave it where it is, and uh, and you may be creating a nice habitat for our important native bees. 
Can I plant, a texter says, grass where a pine tree was standing, or does something need to be done to the soil first? Well, you need to improve the soil. You need to to, uh, have a soil test done. That would be important. And then uh, it may be that 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 soil has got a lot of roots in it. It might be really hard to establish grass there. Um, But you're going to need to just start working on it and see if it's feasible to to put down grass at that point. You can always try it. Uh, We're coming up to the time of the year that it's good to seed. And uh, uh, so you can give it a shot. But I think you want to get a soil test done How do we first. do that process? We have soil a soil test. test lab at the University of Minnesota. It's $17. And you can uh, specify on there that you're changing, you know, give us a little, give them a little bit of information, tell them you're planting a lawn. And, uh, and then you take soil samples. It's all on their website at the uh, soiltestlaboratory.umn.edu. Okay. Another texture says, my cucumber plants look healthy, but the cucumbers are oddly shaped. Uh, nor- normal near the stem, but taper off to a skinny tail at the end. I believe that that is usually from uh, poor pollination. So uh, it, it's not, not having enough bees moving around that pollen from flower to flower. So uh, you want to encourage that by having, uh, by reducing pesticide use, by having uh, open a, a lot of plants that attract uh, bees as well. And, uh, and, and making sure that you have that population in your garden. We had a call earlier, as you know, Julie, about poison ivy, and a texter said this. uh, I had poison ivy, and I had it in the road ditch. I called the county. They came out and took care of it. Uh, We should find out what the county uses on that poison ivy. Yeah, now, you know, county uh, pesticide applicators uh, are licensed, and they have access to different chemicals. Ah. Um, And also that is that ditch is probably county property. So I don't know with a private property as the previous caller had. She had that acre on her land. She's gonna. I don't think county's gonna come out and do it for her. They could call and ask them. I'd always call and ask them. They might recommend a company to do it. Um, but remember that this is private property, so you're gonna probably That's need a private true. professional. That is true. Uh, we have many hostas at the school that we care for. They all suddenly have small holes all over the leaves. It seems like it may be some slug or snail eating them at night. Any advice? Uh, with that, you want to reduce your uh, irrigation if you have that going on. You might not at a school. Um, you want to uh, uh, basically, you've, it's too moist. It's you're, You want to make the environment uninhabitable for the slugs if that's what it is. It could be hail also mm-hmm. if you've had hail at all. Uh, some beetles will be eating and feeding on those as well. So uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't put out sluggo or any of the poisons for slugs. I'd try to find out what it is. First, you can put a board down uh, by those hostas and turn it over in the morning. And if it's got a bunch of slugs on it, then you know you've got a slug problem. Scrape them off. And then you could raise the branches up, take some of the lower leaves off to, to uh, increase the light beneath those plants. Last question. A huge white hydrangea would like to divide. What's the uh, when is the best time to do that? I don't think you can divide a hydrangea. No, I think, no. I, I think uh, I'd be surprised if you can. Um, uh, so I think the best thing to do is actually, uh, you know, put in another one. If you want that same hydrangea somewhere, it's probably an Annabelle hydrangea or something. Uh, then I would I would just buy a new plant. Okay. Julie, we're just about out of time. If they want to go see the abiders again, when are you guys playing? <laughs> August 2nd, Thursday at uh, Harbor District in Mound. Start at 7 o'clock. All right. And uh, check out, if you haven't done so already, check yeah. out the university website. New website is looking awesome. And that is? Extension.umn.edu. 
and go to Yard and Garden and explore, 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 because it's pretty cool. Good deal. See you Thursday, Julie. Sounds good. All right. Stay tuned next for uh, news break. And don't forget that Jesse Treble will be in for Andy Lindis next hour. If you have any kind of a basement question, foundation question, question, radon question, he's the guy you want to chat with. That's next hour. Right now in the Twin Cities, 65 degrees. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.